Okay, we will try to continue with this uh, series that we are on when it comes to the foundation of faith. And uh, last time we were talking about faith towards God. And also, as we also mentioned the other times, uh, we take these topics that we are talking about, we take them from uh, the epistle to the Hebrews, where uh, the writer mentions uh, six different uh, topics that he mentions as the foundation of faith. So the first one that he mentioned is the repentance from dead works. And then he mentions faith's, faith towards God. And the next one that we will look upon today is uh, doctrines of baptisms. So we will be looking on baptism this time. We will, now we will be looking on baptism in water. Uh, but we will also be looking on baptism in the Holy Spirit. So, but uh, first now we will try to look on the issue of baptism in water. And when it comes to baptism in water, um, I think in many Christian denominations, the whole issue of baptism is a very, uh, how to say, a very uh, hot topic or um, controversial maybe in some kind of way in the sense that people have very strong feelings regarding uh, this issue especially in Europe uh, this is a very uh, maybe because of the Lutheran Church or the Catholic Church this is a very uh, touchy issue where many people have strong feelings uh, and very often these strong feelings uh, to be honest, very often they are more based on tradition than on the Word of God. Uh, I have talked with many, many people uh, about baptism and I kind of sense the same thing uh, almost every single time that their view, uh, even though they maybe are hesitant to admit it, very often it is more based on the fact that their tradition is that they are baptized as children, so that's kind of part of their whole uh, DNA, so to say. But I think we should be careful when, we should always be careful when our feelings on an issue is more, uh, or is very colored, let me put it that way, by tradition and not by the Word of God. And I think all of us, to some extent, we, our uh, ideas and our thoughts are colored by our traditions and our upbringing. Uh, so I think it's hard to really avoid that completely, but we need to be aware of it, because if we are not aware of it, we will very, fine, very soon find ourselves trying to justify our beliefs, searching the scripture for arguments that will support what I believe, instead of me going to the Bible and with out, so to say, glasses on, actually just finding out what does the Bible itself teach. So we will, we will try to do that here as uh, to the best of my ability. I will try to, to just present what the Bible says. And uh, I am fully aware that uh, the background that I come from, we practice bapti believer's baptism. Uh, so I'm fully aware of that, and when I have been studying this topic, I have also taken that into account, that 
uh, that that's my background. And I think it's important that if you hold to the idea of infant baptism, that you also take into account that that will color your view in some kind of way. And our goal should be to just believe the Bible for what the Bible says and not to, how to say, try to bring our own interpretation into it. Uh, the Bible has a lot to do, a lot to say when it comes to baptism. So it's not because, or the controversy is not because the Bible doesn't have uh, clear thoughts on it. The Bible has a lot to say. But the thing is that very often we read our own thoughts into what the Bible says. Uh, for instance, uh, people will read the story when uh, Paul, uh, when the jailer gets uh, saved, and it says that he and his whole house was uh, baptized. And then people will quickly say, ah, see, his whole house, that means that babies were baptized. Well, it doesn't say that. It just says his whole house. In some houses, there will be babies. In some houses, there will may, the, the children have, are maybe grown up. So we have to be aware that when we take that, that scripture as an argument for infant baptism, we are reading something into the text that is not really there. The same thing, I know many who believe in infant baptism, they will use the example of Jesus uh, receiving the children and blessing them, and they will see, see Jesus, he receives children. Yes, he does. But now we are inserting the word baptism into there, because the word baptism doesn't really, uh, it doesn't talk anything about baptism in that context. So we have to be aware, be cautious about reading our own thoughts and our own views into scriptures. We need to, when I, when I teach, I will try to, or I will, as far as I know, only use scriptures that specifically talks about baptism to avoid me reading something into the text, but to rather just try to see what the Bible says itself. Uh, when it comes to baptism, I think there is a common error, especially in Europe, because when we, talk, when we argue about infant baptism and believer's baptism, we very often argue about age. When is a child old enough to get baptist, baptized? Or, uh, is it, yeah. so, so we argue about the age, but I think the age is not the issue. That's why I don't like the term adult baptism. No, I, I rather like to call it believer's baptism, and that will become clear in the text later. I don't think the age issue is a problem. What we rather should be focused on is what the Bible says about the requirements for baptism, and we need to see what the Bible uh, what the purpose of baptism is. So when we want to find out what the Bible, uh, how to say, if you should baptize babies or if you should get baptized when you're older, what you need to look at is not the age, but you need to look at what, what the requirements according to the Bible is for, for baptism and what the purpose is. Very shortly, before we kind of really get started, uh, I think that the three main ideas when it comes to baptism is Lutheran or Catholic, uh, 
Methodist and Baptist. That is kind of the, the broad stroke where Lutherans, they will baptize babies because they say that in baptism we become the children of God. Methodists, they say we baptize babies because they are the children of God. So it's like a small how to say, nuance. Uh, so Lutheran, they will baptize children, or even Catholics, I think. They will baptize children uh, because in the sacrament of baptism, we become the children of God. Methodist, they will baptize children because they are uh, the children of God. Baptist, there you get baptized as a response and a confirmation to having received the message, having received salvation. So I think those are the three uh, main, uh, three main, uh, how to say, groups. You, of course, you can divide those into uh, two groups, which is infant baptism and what I like to rather call believers baptism. Uh, that are maybe like the two uh, biggest group when it comes to infant baptism. Some practice ba infant baptism with full immersion. Um, but usually it is with sprinkling of water. Uh, adult baptism is almost always with, with full immersion. I know there have been some cases where it is not, but usually always uh, adult or believer's baptism is with full immersion. And it, is, it always comes as a response to the message. So, with that being said, uh, we will try to look at what baptism is according to the Bible. So the root meaning of the word baptism or uh, baptismo or something like that in Greek, what the word means, it means to be immersed or be to, to be dipped completely under, to, to be completely soaked in something. That is what the word itself means. And I think that's a valuable point to, to highlight because, of course, when you string, sprinkle some water on the head of a baby, that baby is not being immersed. It's just getting sprinkled. When, when John the Baptist entered the scene and he talked about being baptized, the word baptism was not a religious word. It was just a completely normal, common word that they used to express that they were dipping something completely under. So when John, when he was kind of dipping people completely under, he used the word baptism. Now, baptism has become like a religious word. So, so we have all these religious thoughts when it comes to the word. But in essence, the word baptism basically just means to be dipped completely under or to be fully immersed. Uh, I will not spend a lot, a lot of time on how to say the whole history of baptism. Uh, I think you can find that out yourself if you want. But I can maybe just briefly say that even before John the Baptist came on the scene, um, the Jew Jews they had baptismal uh, ritual. Uh, I've seen in the dictionary, uh, Bible dictionary that it was called uh, Tvilah. And it was an act of immersion in, uh, in water. Uh, they used this, for instance, uh, for ritual purification. 
For instance, if somebody had touched a dead body, they would have to be ritually cleaned, so then they would go through this uh, ritual. Uh, an interesting thing here is that one of the ways that the Jews, uh, before John entered the scene, used baptism was that if a non-Jew wanted to convert to Judaism, he would have to get baptized. He would have to be immersed by water, and that would kind of represent a change in status, uh, where he would, where he kind of would become part of uh, you know the Jewish religion, even though he was not born a Jew. Knowing that, it's kind of interesting to uh, to understand why the Pharisees they didn't really like when John was coming and baptizing Jews. Because in some kind of way, I mean, that was something that Gentiles did if they wanted to kind of convert to the Jewish religion. But, you know, they were already Jews. So maybe that's part of the reason why they, uh, why they how to say, had problems with John the Baptist. Um, but I think it's still fair to say that, you know, the, the first real mention of baptism in the Bible is with John the Baptist. That's the first time you really see the whole concept introduced. And uh, uh, even though today, let me also just mention that, uh, today we are not really practicing the, bapt the baptism that John uh, practiced. We see this very clear in Acts 19, verse 3 to 5. Because here Paul, he meets some uh, disciples, uh, and it says in Acts 19, 3 to 5, And he said to them, Into what would then were you baptized? So they said, John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in him who come after him, that is, on Christ, Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So here Paul, he meets someone who has been baptized by John, but still it's interesting to notice that according to Paul, that was, that was not enough. They needed to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Uh, so in that sense, we are not, what, what we are practicing today is baptism in the name of Jesus, not baptis baptism in the name of John. That was a baptism of repentance, but what we uh, how to say practice today is a baptism to um, to Jesus. But still, I think there are things we can learn from uh, John the Baptist and reading uh, when he baptized. I think one of the things we learn is that uh, those who got baptized they had to be old enough to respond to a message because when when the people that came to John to be baptized. They came in response to the message that he preached. Luke 7, 29 to 30, it says, when, when the people heard this, and the tax collectors too, they declared God just, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the uh, lawyers rejected the purpose of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. So we see here that... 
the baptism was an act of, it was a response to a message. And that is something that we will see also when we come into the, the book of Acts, when the first disciples were uh, baptizing people. It was always a response. So it was not, it, it didn't work that you first got uh, baptized, then you heard hear a message, and then, you, how to say, then you were already baptized. No, it was always hearing the message came first, and as a response to hearing the message, you got baptized. That goes through the whole uh, book of Acts. And we see that when they got baptized, it was always with full immersion. John 3, 22 to 23, it says that after these things, uh, Jesus and his disciples came to the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was uh, now John also was baptizing in Aeon in Salim because there was much water there and they came and were baptized. So you see, he chose that place because there was a lot of water there. Why did he need a lot of water? Because the baptism was with full immersion. So uh, what I have been saying now is kind of just like a pre-introduction uh, to this issue of uh, baptism. So what we will be looking at now, we will try to see what does the Bible actually teach when it comes to baptism. And I think the first thing that the Bible clearly teach when it comes to baptism is that baptism is a part of what it means to be a Christian. It's a part of our mission. We read this in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, where Jesus gives the disciples the Great Commission. It says, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We can also read Mark 16, which is Mark's account of the Great Commission. There it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. So we see here that the issue of baptism is how to say, part of becoming a Christian. Being baptized is something that is connected to the mission that we, has, we have been given of preaching the gospel, which means that baptism should always follow the preaching of the gospel. Even though today many people, they like to separate the issue of preaching the gospel and baptism according to the, how to say, the commission that we have been given. These things go together. Uh, very clearly in Mark where he says, whoever believes and is baptized is saved. He, he doesn't leave room for separating that you can believe, but you can choose whether you want to be baptized or not. No, he just says, believe and is baptized. That, that's part of the package. If you choose to believe, you also have to accept baptism. And if you remember when we are talking about faith, Faith is a trust in someone. So 
If you trust me, you will do what I say. If you trust Jesus, you will do what he says. If he says get baptized, then you will not say, no, nah, I don't think so. No, if you trust him, if you believe in him, the natural response is, I get baptized because I trust him. Uh, no more, how to say, questions asked about it. So first thing we read that the baptism is a part of our commission. 